Hey, this is Dr. Evans Kariuki. Welcome to Firebrand Nation. Your life will never be the same as you go through these teachings. These are teachings for soul winners. Here at Firebrand Nation, we believe that we are called to reach one soul every second. This podcast is designed for soul winners who hunger and thirst to see the lost come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Where we left off on Sunday, verse 20, 1 Corinthians 15, 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that slept. For since by man came death, somebody say by man came death death by man come also the resurrection of the dead underline that word by b y by for as in adam we all die even so in christ shall all be made alive. In Adam, man received very many interesting gifts. And one of the greatest gifts that Father Adam gave man is death. But the Bible says, in Adam you receive death. Then the Bible says, but in Christ you receive new Life. Somebody say new life. Say new life. It's important for you to understand that life is given from person to person. It is when two people get together that babies are born. I know mom said she doesn't know who your father is. But there was a father. And you need to ask many questions. <laughs> Life on this earth does not come in any other way. But pastor, what about Jesus? Even Jesus needed the virgin womb of Mary. If Jesus came any other way, he would have not been the son of man. He would have still been the son of God. But the Bible says he was son of God and he was son of man. And for you to understand the new birth and newness of life and for you to be a great witness or a missionary Christian, to live a missionary Christian life, you must have an understanding that they who are not saved will not get saved if you do nothing about it. People do not receive salvation through osmosis. We are not plants. The Bible says, how shall they hear unless they have a preacher? Jesus says, as the, as God, as the Father sent me, 
I send you. The work of God on the earth is going to be done by humanity. Everything that God does on the earth is going to be done by humanity. For the earth to be taken care of and to be tended, only humanity could take care of the earth. For the earth to be turned into what it is today, only humanity can take care of it. So when we say new life, what we are saying is what you have received, you have the opportunity to now give. The Bible says by one man, Adam, death came. And by one man, Christ, life came. And you've believed that. But what happens after that? How many people have you given the life that you have received? Let's talk about it. Somebody say delegated authority. For you to understand the newness of life, it's important for you to understand delegated authority. Delegated authority. Write this statement down. God forever gave up his right to deal independently on this earth the moment that he put man in charge. The moment that he put man in charge. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. Are you in the house? Genesis 1, 27. So the Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over all creeping things that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, what did he do? Created he them. Them. Male and female. Spiritual. Created he them. And God blessed them. Them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over it, over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every little living thing that moves over, upon the earth. Adam was a product of that creation. But when God said, created he them, he was talking about all of mankind. All of mankind, male, female, you, your children, the ones who have lived, the ones who will live. They have dominion. God did not give dominion to Adam. He gave dominion to man through Adam. And for you to understand what life is, 
You must have a divine revelation that you have something greater than Adam did. Adam was born united one with God. He was one with God in spirit. Whatever God thought, Adam thought. When Adam saw the giraffe, God said, name this animal. And when Adam named it and he said it's a giraffe, God said, that's good. That's exactly what I was thinking. Adam had total authority. God has created the earth. God has made the stars. God has made the skies. God has laced the planets. God has carpeted the sea. God has made the earth that we're standing in. God has made the birds. God has made the sea and the, the fish in the sea. God has made all living creatures. And then he says, I'm going to make my greatest masterpiece. And my greatest masterpiece shall be man. And the reason why man shall be great is because everything I've done before, I did for him. God did not need the earth. God did not need the, 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 the stars. God did not need the sea. God did not need the land. God did not need the fish. God did not need the birds. The Bible says the heavens are his and the earth is his footstool. He places his feet on what you are to have dominion over. But he says... For my beloved, for man, have dominion over the earth. Subdue it. Take rulership over it. The word dominion is a military term. The word dominion is what the U.S. government does when they send the armed forces into a city and say, dominate this city. When Iraq was falling and the American government sent military forces, they said ensure that the government has been, has, that, 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 the, that the nation of Iraq has been stabilized. They had dominion. Dominion signifies two things. Number one, dominion signifies a war. Number two, because it's a war, dominion signifies an enemy. So when people ask, where was the devil during creation? I'm here to let you know, the Bible says that Jesus saw the devil falling from heaven like lightning. The devil was here and he's the one who had caused all the destruction that you see in the book of Genesis chapter 1. The earth was without void and the earth was dark. God never made anything dark. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the light of that city. The Bible declares that God himself, he doesn't have light. He is light. Where God steps in, the light is already there. So how was the world dark in Genesis chapter 1? There must have been something that was contrary to what God created. The world had been flipped upside down. Then and God makes his best thing and that's you and he says have dominion he says have dominion that is why we declare we step into enemy hell territory the dark places the highways the byways the places that have been forsaken and like an army we have dominion somebody shout dominion shout dominion shout I have dominion I have delegated authority. Now shout if you believe it.
every darkness in your life, every darkness in your life, you need to step into that situation and say, devil, in Genesis chapter 1, the Lord says, let there be light. And there was light. I step into this house and I declare, let there be light. Let there be light. I declare unto you, every dark thing in your life, let there be light. Let there be light. Light in your marriage. Light in your job. Light in your calling. Light in your destiny. Somebody shout let. Somebody shout let. Somebody shout let. There be light. Let there be light. We are not begging. We are not pleading. We are not saying please. We are saying let it be. We are saying let it be. We came as an army with authority. Not from the governors of this world. Not from the armies of this world. But we have authority from whom they call the king of kings. We have authority from whom they call the God of heaven's army. We have authority and we declare let there be light. Shout if you believe it. Adam had delegated authority. God said, Adam, you see all this thing I've created? I kicked the devil out of the garden. And now you keep him out. I kicked him out. Now you keep him. I, I think this side got it. Let me try this side. We're going to try this side, all right? Let's try. Let's try this side. I kicked him out. When I said, let there be light, he remembered that voice that was in heaven and said, cast down. You shall be cast down from heaven. He remembered the authority of that voice and like a cockroach, he ran into the darkness, into the dark abyss. When I said, let there be light and the Bible declares that at the mention of the name of Jesus, what's that name? The same name that was mentioned in Genesis chapter one. The Bible says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The same light that shone in the world in Genesis chapter 1 is the same light that shines on the inside of you. And every time you declare, let there be light, the same power that was in Genesis 1 is alive in you. Somebody say he kicked him out. He kicked him out. He kicked him out. And I keep him out. He kicked him out. And I keep him out. The same let there be light. That same light is the same light that Jesus talks about when he says you. Are the light of the world. Look at what that light did in Genesis 1. When we hit these streets... That's the same thing that light does. Every, every cockroach from the pits of hell runs into the darkness. Delegated authority. Delegated. When God said, have dominion. When Jesus said, have 
dominion. What he said is there is an enemy out there and I want you to protect what I've given you. Adam did not need to pray. The next time you're in prayer, remember that. Did not need to pray. He was one with God. That doesn't mean you shouldn't pray. You're on this earth. So men ought always to pray. Adam had no need of anything. He took the fruit out of the tree and he ate. Sit up, my brother. He took the tree, fruit out of the tree and ate. And when you look at me, when he ate, that fruit grew again because it's how God had made it. He tilled the ground and it produced. It had a way to be. Adam had need for nothing. Adam, what he spoke came to pass immediately. He was eternal just as God was eternal. He was one with God. I want you to get it. The reason why the Bible says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit is because the same thing that was in Adam is in you. You're not some watered down version. You're not a stepchild to God. You and Jesus are the same to God. Oh, oh that, that must have hit. I don't know what's going on with this side. What's the anointing here? I said you and Jesus are the same to God. Ah, ah. Pastor, give me scripture for that. I and the Father are one. And just as I and the Father are one, you and I have made us one. And so that through me, you can be one with the Father. Don't let a few bills lie to you. You are as anointed as Jesus was. And the Bible actually says, greater work shall you do. What Jesus did was great. But he said, greater work shall you do. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by the circumstance around your life. The Bible says, the same power that raised up Jesus from the dead is alive. Is alive. Is alive on the inside. So, how many of you are one with God? Yeah. Yeah. We've been made one. Now, that does not mean you become weird, you know. A husband and a wife are one, but somebody still got to submit. So, don't get weird. Somebody still got to be the, the head of the household. You understand? You know, you, tell, you teach some of these things and people get, it, get their systems mixed up. You go change your name to Christ and begin. The, the book of Revelation talks about you. You and God are one is a place of humility. In all your sin, God chose to make you equal. Through the blood. You take the blood out. We are nothing. 
you take the blood out. Oh. You take the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus out. We are nothing. We are all joined by the blood. We are sons and daughters by the blood. The spirit of adoption makes us sons and daughters by the blood. So, God created them, meaning all mankind. And he gave them the spirit, he gave them the soul, and gave them a body. Write this down. By the spirit, I commune with my spiritual father. Let me explain. If you're born again by the spirit, you connect with God the father. If you're still in sin by the spirit, the Bible says you are of your father, the devil. So one way or the other church, you're going to be possessed. You're going to be possessed one way or the other. You've just got to decide. Your body was made for possession. you just got to decide who's going to have you. It's either God or the devil. But there's no in between. Are we together? So you are a spirit man. And the day you get saved, the spirit, the spirit of wickedness leaves your life. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. Your soul is where all your memories live. Your soul is where all your experiences live. Your soul is where all your pain lives. How many of you know your body can be healed, but your soul is still in pain? Are we understanding each other? Salvation for the spirit and the soul. But the soul, as long as you're living on this earth, you need deliverance. You can be saved. Your spirit is connected with God. Your soul belongs to God. But God doesn't have access to your soul because you have not been taught right. Let me explain. Your mind, your will, your emotions. Are we together? The Bible says, put on the what? mind of Christ. That's deliverance. That's discipleship. Put on the mind of Christ. Paul was not talking to a church that was not saved. He was saying, yes, you're born again. But for you to live a victorious Christian life, you got to get rid of stinking thinking. So a lot of people get saved but are still struggling because their soul was never redeemed. Your soul was, was never recreated again. That does not mean you're not going to heaven. The Bible says uh, the grace of God is shed abroad on our hearts. Then Paul asks, because of grace now, does that mean we continue to sin? He says no. Let me, let me say this. Sin was finished at the cross. Sin for all humanity was finished at the cross. The question is, are you going to accept what Jesus did? Accepting what Jesus did. So the question then becomes, the spirit gets united with God at salvation. We are made one. 
the, we become one spirit. The soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, as long as you leave this earth. Now, if you get saved and die, you're game. You go to heaven. But if you're not walking on the streets of gold after you get saved, you need deliverance and you need discipleship. Let me explain. What is the need for deliverance? The need for deliverance is there are Christians who are saved and they are not demon-possessed because you cannot be possessed by two spirits. Either God possesses you or the devil does. But you can be oppressed. The Bible says this woman who the spirit has oppressed, this son, this, this daughter who the spirit has oppressed. So that is why people struggle with soulish sins, bitterness, anger, jealousy, no, no, fornications, I'll explain here shortly. All these sin, like you got saved last week, but you still mean. You need deliverance and you need the mind of Christ. You, got, you cannot get saved and not submit under authority. It doesn't, you need, salvation comes with a humbling. How many of you know when you get saved real good? When you get it real good. Ah, can I remind you of old time church when you get saved and the man who was big manism, big muscles, he comes to church so humble and he's like, please give me a broom. Let me find something to do. That is real salvation. But if you leave that man without teaching him, if you leave that man without teaching him, he needs deliverance because the devil comes back. So the body, the body, the body does not get saved. The body does not get saved. You know, we say crazy things about our body. The body has one solution, death. There is nothing else to the body. There is this body. Paul, with all his anointing, still said, this wretched man that I am. He wasn't talking about his soulish or spirit man. He said, there's a battle going on the inside of me. This man of flesh. If you have opened your body up for fornication, or the Bible says every other sin is out of the body. But this sin of ma sex before marriage or sex within marriage but not with your partner. What you do is introduce another desire of your body to someone else. And the Bible says that sin is the worst of all. Because you sin against your own body. Not against God. Now we'll talk about it in Revelation. But against your own body. If you get entangled in premarital sex, 
fornications, pornography, adulteries. You are not sinning against anyone else but yourself. It's a sin like you're the one who will pay the price for that sin. You will pay the price for that sin. You yourself pay for it. So a man gets married and thinks, I'm married now. I'm not going to worry about all the other ladies. It's this lady. And then you realize <laughs> that all the others that you had, you married just one type of all the other types, yes, let's just say women's that you had. And your spouse, let me use spouse because women crazy too. Boys like girls, girls like boys. But girls like boys more than boys like girls. Boys like girls, girls like boys. But girls like boys more than boys like girls. Who is the one that pushes for relationships more? Who is the one that pushes for relationships more? Who says we need to get married quickly? Who is an akazo in marriages? Actually, actually, statistically, men just get a bad image with that issue. But it's not, it is, it is not always men. It's not always men. The reason why, the reason why culturally women are not spoken of that way is because of the shame that is connected with it. The shame. You know, men tell the story more. Men tell the story of how many girls, how many, and they are seen nicely. But if you investigate nicely, you will find out something. I'm not saying what, but you'll find something out. Anyway, let's wheel it back. My point is the body. The body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So, the sin against your own flesh. You sin against your own flesh when you do these things. What are other things that affect the flesh? Addictions. You can love God, but if you've done many drugs and things like nicotine, it's not that you're not saved. It's your body is desiring or craving that thing. That is why the only solution for the body is to die. What does dying mean? Become a living sacrifice. Become a living sacrifice. You want to live a victorious Christian life free of sin? 
give yourself fully to the work of God. Just say, okay, all, all my desires that I ran to women with and all my desires and my strength that I ran to men with, I'm going to run to God with that same power, that same zeal, that same energy. The reason why the Bible says living sacrifice is because without your body, you have no authority on this earth. Let me, let me explain. The reason why Adam was given authority is because he had a body made from the earth. The reason why Jesus had authority, are we flowing together? Is because he had a body from the earth. God does not work through osmosis. You want authority in the spirit, you must be spiritual. The children of the, the sons of Sceva had no authority because they were not spiritual. You want authority on this earth? You need to be under authority. You need to be under authority. So the question that I have for you is this. If your body gives you authority, then pastor, this wicked, how many of you say this body is crazy? This wicked body is, is some way, some way, some, hey, I see, how many of you have a some way body? Like it just does some things that are some way. Yeah. The body is some way. Now hear me. The solution for the body is separation. Hear me. Separation breeds sanctification. Are you, are you listening to me? Come Jordan. Jordan is our example. Jordan is struggling with sin. For him to get power over that sin, he has to separate himself from it. Don't say you're going to have victory over drugs and those things while you still have them around you. You will never have victory over I, 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 it doesn't matter how much of an intercessor you are. This is not intercessory things. You can intercede all you want, but as long as you know where the drugs can be found, your body will drive yourself there. Do you know the body has cravings that feel like it's going to die? Feels like it's going to die. But actually it's your body lying to you. When you separate, you must do what the Bible says and see your flesh as an enemy. Your flesh is not your friend. It's an enemy. Enemy. That is why men, let me encourage you with this, do not know your spouse in the flesh. Don't connect in marriage in the flesh. You connect in the spirit through God. And then you connect in the soul. 
and actually here is a secret. You connect with somebody in the soul, you will get whatever you want. Preaching good. Preaching good. We're preaching good. Hallelujah. Let the church say. Let the church say. Let the church say. Yeah. Don't go, don't go for the flesh. Say today, let me let me discover your mind. <laughs> let's, let's talk deep things today. Let's talk deep things today. In fact, let's talk in the kitchen. This bedroom, oh, let's talk in the kitchen. Deep things. Tell me about your, 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 tell me, tell me. Tell me what makes you happy. Tell me what makes you sad. Oh, today you look a little bit, let's talk. Before long, shock. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. Mind. Mind. Do you know what the preaching of the gospel does? It touches the heart. But if the mind is not convinced, if the mind is not convinced, the body does not move. There are people who hear good preaching every Sunday, but they never lift up because their mind is always rebuttowing. He said this, but this. He said this, but this. That's why even as preachers, we need to have what is called a working knowledge of the word of God. A working knowledge of the word of God. Working knowledge. Me, I'm, I'm not big on dress codes. If you know me, I can preach with the same outfit every day. I can, I'm very, when my wife met me, I had white shirts, blue trousers. And a few weekend clothes. Simple. Because I've done that and it didn't satisfy. But do you know to connect with people, mind, especially young people, I've preached a fire gospel and I walk out and the youth tell me, you had some nice Jordans. I'm like, you missed everything I said. But if the Jordans made you receive the gospel, I will wear Jordans as many times as I need to. My point, back to Jordan. If, if you want to gain authority over the body, you begin here and here. Begin here and here. One, one more tidbit for men. The Bible says that wives submit to your husbands. Look up that word submit in the Greek. Look at the word that is given to men in authority in the house. It is not forceful submission. It's not. Don't get married and go with your chest. Pastor said submit. These, are you young people taking notes? 
Can all the young people give the Lord an amen? Can all the married people give the Lord an amen? The, the, the word submit is the same thing that happens to a horse. You, and I'm not saying women are horses, please. My point is, it's in the Greek. You want me to read the translation for you? When you, when you, when you um, train horses, you need to captivate the horse's mind. You understand? Mm. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Is this, is this horse wheel, Jordan? Okay. All right. Let's, let's go back here. My point, are you, uh, connect with me. Connect. My point is, my point is, don't fight the body in the body. Crucify it. You understand? If Jordan wants to fight sin, he must separate. Separation allows his mind to think sober. Because the closer you are to sin, your mind is clouded. You understand? Your mind is clouded. But the more you, want, you go away from it, the more clearer you can think. Right? So when you're separated, now your mind is clear. Then separation brings sanctification. When your mind is clear, you can now see what does the word of God say about this sin. You don't do that while you're here. You don't start debating what the word of God is doing, Joseph, while you're in Potiphar's wife's room. The first step, the Bible says that there is no temptation that will come that God has not given you a way to escape. Not a thought. Not a thought. A way. The first thing you need to do with sin, the Bible says flee, fornication. The Bible says run, run, flee. Stop trying to think about it. Stop trying to calculate. Stop trying to find the right words. Get your feet and run. How many of you say I'm a running man? I'm running for my life. I'm running from sin. I'm running from all manners of wickedness. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. These are secrets to holiness. Because you stay one second too long. Next time we're reading about you in the news. Like some of the greatest preachers we've seen. Because they thought. Bible says he won't give you a thought. He'll give you a way. There's a window there. Jump through it. Away. I'd rather jump over the balcony and fall and break my legs. At least the Bible says you might as well get to heaven without that part. You might as well get to heaven, man. What happened to your legs? I was fleeing. I was fleeing. Don't mind me. I'm a running man and I was running from sin. The Bible says if something causes you to sin, cut it off. Cut it off. Not pray about it. Quit praying, God, deliver me from this. No. The, the Lord has given you a way. 
cut it off. So you separate, and separation does what? Breeds sanctification, which allows you to think and wash your mind with the word of God. Sanctification for long periods of time breeds holiness. Holiness. You avoid that place of sin. Holiness. And then holiness is power. How many of you know people who are considered holy are like monks? Where do monks live? Mountain monastery. Separation. They are not powerful because they have any super secrets in the mountain. They are powerful because they know separate. Don't ever get in a relationship. You're living with a man or you've fallen with a man and say, let's just try to figure this thing out. Cut it off and we'll figure it out while we are separated. We'll figure it out while we are separated. Or you're just going to keep falling in the same cycles. Separation breeds Sanctification breeds and holiness is how many of you want to live holy? So Jordan separates and is living holy. Sit down. Let me close this. So delegated authority. The body has one solution. Living sacrifice. Are you understanding? Your body was made for death and that's the best thing for it. So, when you want authority with God, authority with God, Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 6, we're talking about new life, new life, new life, that's what we're talking about, Romans chapter 6 verse 11, go there. Romans 6, 11. When you get there, give the Lord a great amen. amen. Begin from verse 6, 11, 6, 6. Watch this. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be what, church? This body of sin might be what? The old man with all his mistakes and all his failures. There's a cross for that. There's a cross for that. He's crucified with him that the body of sin might be not mended, not healed, destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. I'm not asking you if you prayed a prayer. But the day you got saved was your body destroyed. Not did you pray a prayer. Because you could pray a prayer but still struggling with sin. Have you gotten to a place in your life where you can say, Pastor... I can genuinely say there were things I was struggling with before I got saved and now that I'm saved, 
they ain't even nothing anymore. You have genuinely destroyed that old man. The reason why many Christians are not saved is because of this scripture. They never really died. Look at this. That we should not serve sin. Keep going. For he that is dead is free from sin. What have you died from? Have you died to fornication? Have you died to backbiting? Have you died to having your own way? Have you died to having your own opinion? Have you died to being a stubborn mule that just leads your life the only way you want it? What have you died to? Have you died to? For he that is dead is free from sin. I'm free from sin. Free. 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 There's, there's no... There's no sin in me. Nothing. Free. Some of us have been Christians for so long, but we're still talking about God is still working and helping me. The only place that God should still be working on us if you've been saved is to do his work. Not this worldly thing. Look at this. Keep going. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live. Somebody say new life. I shall live with him. If you died, you shall live. That is a new birth experience. You died. I fully died. No, no, no. Not you're a good person who joined the church. You died. I died. There's a place I can tell you today where I died. Died to myself. Died to my desires. And when I died, I rose up a preacher. Because this is not what I had seen. I rose up a prophet. I rose up an apostolic gift. Some of us, God cannot use us because you're still living. God uses dead people. Paul said, I die daily. I preach as a dead man to dead people. Man died. And now like Christ, I'm alive. And the only good thing in me is Christ. It's Christ. It's Christ. Look at this. Keep going. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more and has death has no more what where did we see that word dominion where did we see that word dominion we saw it in Genesis 1 death came through Adam Adam gave death the dominion that he had in Genesis 1 when he sinned when he sinned it wasn't even Eve's sin. It was Adam's sin. 
Adam's sin that made this whole mess. And Adam gave death dominion over us. But if we be dead in Christ, death has no more. It gets better. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin a thousand times. A thousand times. He died unto sin how many times? Somebody do this. He died unto sin once. So if you're never really free from that sin, you ain't dead yet. Because he died unto sin once. Look at this. Once. There are a lot of Christians who think living a good life is living a crucified life. It's not. Jesus did not die twice. He went down once and that's it. So what does Paul say, mean when he says I die daily? I keep it under subjection. Daily. I have dominion. I keep it in dominion. Just because you died doesn't mean the devil died with you. Don't believe the preachers who told you once saved, always saved. It ain't true. You got to have dominion. The Bible says, Paul said, I preach all this, lest I myself become what? A castaway. Paul himself was working out his own soul salvation. Don't let anyone ever tell you that lie. And he, but he that is liveth, he liveth unto God. Liveth unto God. 11, quickly. Here's where we need to go. Likewise, reckon yourself. This was my first message I ever preached. Reckon yourself, ye also yourself, to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. How many of you say today is a day of a reckoning? I reckon myself dead indeed unto sin. I'm dead to my sinful ways. I'm dead to, my, to, my, to the mistakes of my past. I'm dead unto sin, but alive unto God. If that's you, shoot up like an arrow. Get up on your feet and shout, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive in God. I'm alive in God. I'm alive in God. And the same power that was in Genesis chapter one is on the inside of you and that same power is the one that will go out and use to win souls. Shout if you believe it. Reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin. I say this respectfully. If today I took those personality tests that people take I will rank equally on all of them. My wife can tell you. Maybe one just a little bit depending on what mood I'm in. You know, everyone has a thorn somewhere. Because I am who the Spirit wants me to be. I am whoever the Spirit wants me to be. Whoever the Spirit wants me to be. When you are alive in God, it's a deadlift. 
if you died today, you will have to be carried out of here. Have you ever gotten to an altar that you had to be carried out of? That's real conversion. That's real conversion. It's a deadlift. Not you leave this place and you go back to your old plans. You didn't really die. You get to a place where you say, what must I do? What should I do next, Lord? Tell us what to do. You don't go back to your old plans. You die. The old Evans had big plans of going back to Kenya. But when I died, God said, wherever I want you, that's where you're going to be. He said, Knoxville, Tennessee, it is. Go preach the gospel. Have you died? Reckon yourself to be dead. Saved. That's what we're talking about. Sunday we mean we begin to save. But today we deal with us. Every hand lifted in this place. Father, we stand on Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, chapter 6, verse 8. We acknowledge that this man of sin has so many problems. And his greatest problem is death. But the answer for death is death. And in death we find life. Now, Lord, we reckon like Jesus. Somebody say, I reckon myself be dead indeed unto sin my past my present my future goes down with me and the plan of God the life of God is where I resurrect the same power that raised Jesus from the dead raises me now I am born again I am made new. I come into new life so that I can give life. Lift up your hands. Father, your word says that we shall lose none. Lord, I usher everyone under my voice into newness of life. To be dead indeed and to sin. Let sin not be found amongst us. Let us be men and women who are dead unto sin. And let us live for you. Receive newness of life. Receive newness of life. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you so much for joining us. I truly believe you have been blessed. If you have enjoyed this episode and would like to join Firebrand Nation, the movement, connect with us on social media at Firebrand Nation. Go to our website at www.firebrandnation.com. Remember, alone I'm a flame. Together we are a fire. Like, share, and distribute this so that others could be blessed. God bless you.